0: Um, We left off part one, talking about some themes of Supernatural, and we're really excited to dive into part two with you. If you guys haven't heard part one of this episode, we recommend you go back and listen to part one before you dive into this one, just because the conversation really picks up where we left off in the last episode.
1: All right, so welcome back, and let's dive into it.
0: One of the things that the article we wrote reread read about Good Omens uh, pointed out to me, I was kind of shocked that I uh, never realized this. Is that Jesus is never mentioned? Yeah, like the Antichrist is plays a huge role in Good Omens, obviously. In the anti there's an Antichrist in Supernatural for I believe the children of our future. There's one there. Neither show ever mentions it. Like never talks about him. Like yeah. never entertain the possibility that like they might run into him in Supernatural like even when they're talking about God and that sort of stuff they very very carefully avoid mentioning Jesus at all right, right. Um. which I just think is a really interesting choice Um. I think it's probably because Jesus as a religious figure is too loaded to mm. actually like w- w- anybody wants to deal with it God is a lot more yeah t- I feel like, I feel like
1: in, I agree with you on Supernatural, but I feel like in Good Omens, that might go hand in hand with the choice in the book to not have God be present either. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and I think that article that we read made a good point about how, um, like, Lucifer is God's adversary, but not his equal.
0: Yes. Um. Which is also what we see in, like, we see that in Good Omens, and we see that in Supernatural. Both are, both follow that. Yeah, yeah. And so
1: in some ways, like, the presence of God in the apocalypse sort of makes the ending a foregone conclusion. So if you want it to be up in the air, like, you kind of have to have God and Jesus removed from the equation. Yeah. Because...
0: Otherwise, it's not, yeah, it's not really an interesting story anymore, is it? Yeah. Um, but by doing that, it, by doing that, that means that your angelic force has to be sort of operating by itself, mm-hmm. which in that way ends up making angels and demons essentially equivalent and just a matter of, like, location and like right. and I aesthetic. Think that's very
1: like blatantly the point in good omens. Yes.
0: <laughs> Which I mean and also it ends up being the point in supernatural. Like in supernatural, when they first meet angels, especially Sam is really excited because finally it feels like they might get closer to some sort of absolute truth, an absolute answer about like good versus evil and that sort of thing. And like a lot of the things that they struggle with. On the show are like a matter of authority of who gets to decide who lives and who dies um -hmm. they could struggle with that probably more and they do end up doing but this is something that they at least address a couple of times Mm -hmm. um and i think that especially for sam he's really excited about the idea of finding absolute good and then throughout the like three seasons that we see angels um that's revealed as just basically, <laughs> like, as Dean refers to them, they're just basically dicks with wings.
1: Um
0: yeah. And they're, yeah, they have different powers, but, like, fundamentally they're no different other than being more powerful than humans or any of the other, like, creatures that they face.
1: Yeah, I feel like, to me, I feel like Supernatural does show us more of a difference between angels and demons in part because a lot of Supernaturals demons used to be human. Right. Which is a very Um, big change from Good Omens. Right. Right. And, like, in Good Omens, like, hell and heaven are exactly the same, except for some
0: window dressing. Yes. Exactly. Um, And that's explicitly mentioned in the book. Right. Right.
1: And in Supernatural, like, they're actually, like, kind of pretty different. Like, neither is, like, Great, but heaven (laughs) is very
0: obviously preferable. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, but the thing is, is that like you have angels who, like, yes, one is preferable over the other, and one is clearly more beneficial to humanity than the other, but both are working towards the apocalypse, which will end up killing lots of humans, and both see humans as like means to an end rather than caring for humans specifically. Um, right and I think that yes and but and so at that point that you're like you've got two sides that are both willing to essentially wipe out humanity the difference between one being slightly better than the other is basically semantics like yeah I I
1: yeah I guess but I feel like I don't know like yes that's true that they're both just absolutely willing to wipe out humanity and what they do with humanity once they're dead is something that we get to see um that's true a lot more in supernatural than we get to see in good omens In good omens we just learn that at least in the book we learn that crowley revised what health's like so people
0: like stand in line forever (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> and so, like, yeah, the supernatural version of hell is, um, even visually very similar to the Good Omens version of hell in the TV show for Good Omens, um, yeah. but, yeah, Good Omens never really actually addresses the question of human souls being in either heaven or hell, uh, right. whereas Supernatural does address that explicitly, and heaven seems like a pretty decent place, honestly. For a human yeah,
1: space.
0: I mean, it's, like, I see why the Winchesters are, like, horrified
1: and, like, want to leave, but... It's like infinitely preferable (laughs) to what happens in hell. Yeah, which is like very like straight out of like the Inferno and like those classic works literature where it's just like eternal torment. I think you're right that like heaven and hell are very similar in both supernatural and good omens in what they're trying to accomplish and how much they care about um that impact and i feel like at least in in supernatural heaven is like not awful (laughs) right like not an awful place for human souls to end up and we just like don't get to see that contrast in good Omens, and so it's much it's much more obvious that good omens in good omens that heaven and hell are the same because we really are given nothing to distinguish them by. Yeah. If that makes
0: any kind of sense. No, I I do agree with that. I think that considering that good omens so explicitly paints heaven and hell as the same, that by virtue of the fact that Supernatural differentiates at it all, it's going to be a much starker contrast. Yeah. Um, but I do think that ultimately the, like, the message of the, of the first five seasons of Supernatural um, does end up making angels much more, um, but I think they end up very nuanced and they end up as villains a lot of the time. Yes, that's, yeah.
1: Yeah, we meet, two likable angels. One of them, Anna, is like once she reverts from being like hidden within a human shell or whatever back to being like a full angel, she's awful again. Basically the only angel we like is Cassiel and he...
0: Sometimes yeah. he's not great. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> yeah. he's he's not yeah. But I mean to be fair, like there, except with the notable exception of Bobby, there are very few characters yeah. in Supernatural that people like all the time. Like he yes. has his moments, Sam has his moments, Castiel has his moments. They're all very flawed characters. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, but I think it goes back to the sort of like interesting relationship that Supernatural has with a sort of fundamentalist evangelical christian viewpoint and the more like common sense or like con not common sense but like just common decency and like generally accepted morality like for all that supernatural is a hugely queer baiting show it doesn't like explicitly mm-hmm. do anything like homophobic to any of its characters and in season seven episode one castiel playing the role of God it explicitly calls out uh, somebody who's being very homophobic. He right. um, talks about like, <laughs> you, like being kind to children, like being good to tell a man, not wanting to kill people, like really basic human stuff that basically all humans should be able to get behind that, um, that fundamentalist viewpoints tend to twist. And I think that the interplay between um fundamentalist christian and uh, evangelical christian viewpoints and um that of sort of more mainstream morality and that sort of stuff um and i think that uh in 99 problems in particular um this is really explicitly laid out with the figure of leia who basically through f- more and more fundamentalist and authoritarian rules and basically like mm-hmm. forces um the people in her village to a place where like they are their sense of morality is so twisted mm-hmm. that they're willing to kill their neighbors mm-hmm. over perceived like um violations of their uh mm-hmm. worldview and it's a really it's an episode that really, really explicitly um calls mm-hmm. out the like the problem with authoritarian and fundamentalist worldviews. Yes.
1: I think that comes through really clearly, um, especially when Sam explicitly compares it to a cult. Yes. And, like, a few pretty famous cults, including, like, Jonestown and all that stuff. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, Something that's, like, pretty interesting to me is how we see Dean find what she's saying compelling, mm-hmm. and even when she is revealed to be uh, not a prophet, but uh, an agent of the apocalypse, he still seems to have found some sort of worth in what he got out of what she had to say. Um, like, he decides that he'll go and, like, accept uh and say yes to being Michael's host, based on the events of this episode. It's
0: implied, right? Um, and I think that like that's partially where Dean's headspace is in this, mm-hmm. because I think that one of the things that really parallels Dean's headspace is um, the the pastor, um, the Lutheran pastor. When mm-hmm. the boy is killed on the raid, um, he he explicitly he goes up in front of his congregation is like i don't know why this happened there are no words i can't make this okay i can't say anything that makes this okay Mm -hmm. leia steps in and is like look this is god's will like this is the plan you're gonna see your son again this is all okay and so what leia offers is this like false sense of security and like surety Mm -hmm that the boy's parents really grab onto and i think that because they're desperate and that they're, they're grieving and i think that Dean yeah. is desperate and grieving in the same in like a very similar way and that's why he grabs onto or at the very least is not as resistant to leia's particular brand of fundamentalism that mm-hmm. then he would be normally and when we see him in other episodes definitely is i think that's a really interesting contrast between like yeah. parallel between these two characters and then also it does a really great job of well it doesn't a it does a job of, it tries to explain a little bit I think why people get caught up in cults and that sort of stuff yeah and um something that I find really interesting
1: about this episode too is uh, the revelation that Dean is a true servant of heaven even though, yeah, mm-hmm, like, he was the first person they ruled out when they yeah. were, can't be you,
0: can't be me, Sam is an abomination. Know. So it's <laughs> Castiel who's ruling them out. And, like, Castiel is in an even worse place than Dean at this point. So <laughs> I drank a liquor store. <laughs> like, oh, this is, like, probably one of the funniest um, episodes like Castiel is in like he's he's the funniest in this episode of like most of his episodes <sighs> but I think that they the the show overall really likes to talk about or like at least portray Dean as like feeling worthless mm-hmm. um and like just as it likes to Sam's big thing is, like, feeling like a freak and Dean's big thing is feeling like he's worthless. So I think that's just sort of in line for Dean's character that he, like, he rules himself out a lot of the time mm-hmm. but it, because of his perceived weaknesses and stuff. But ultimately, he is strong enough to do the things that have to be done. Yeah. Oh, interesting. See, I was, I feel like
1: going back and watching this episode again I felt like over the course Dean being a tr- having become a true servant of heaven was foreshadowing he was going to agree to become Michael's host
0: oh yeah it definitely is doing that in this episode because immediately after Dean stabs Leia Sam explicitly mm-hmm. draws that comparison I th- right. my point was more generally about Dean's character that he right. often sees himself as not good enough. Right. And right. people judge him to not be good enough, but when it comes to like the end and the apocalypse and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways he he's the catalyst for um stopping the apocalypse, but it's also Sam who's like specifically portrayed as being strong enough to overcome mm-hmm. the super. So, right. right. It's a combination of both of them, but
1: yeah. Yeah, I guess just over the years in like fandom, I've only ever seen that True Servant of Heaven bit interpreted as he was always a True Servant of Heaven. Um and so it was just interesting to me going back back and watching it again and like instead feeling like this is a change that occurs over the course of the episode.
0: Right. And then is as- directly drawn to him going uh becoming the uh making a decision.
1: hmm Yeah. I feel like we've talked a lot about humanism and I feel like something we haven't spent a lot of time yet on is the idea of free will as a part of religion. That's a huge part of the humanism of the show and of good omens and other source material that supernatural may be drawing on. Um, but I feel like there's also this element of a rejection of the idea that predeterminism is necessarily a part of um Christianity. I I don't have a, a really articulate way to put this. But I feel like in Supernatural, especially with characters like like Layla and then um, with the character of Chuck who is God and other characters we see who are religious and positively portrayed as so, we often see them choosing to making really important choices. Um, and this idea of choice as being a fundamental part of what it means to be religious just seems to be a strong theme throughout the show to me. I don't know I mean, if that makes sense.
0: I do agree that, I mean, clearly choice is a is a huge theme. Um, I think it's interesting because I think choice is often contrasted mm-hmm. in a humanist message with religion. Mm -hmm. um i think that the the example of Layla is a really interesting one because she is very religious it sort of depends on how you see faith um faith as a concept not faith as the episode but i think in yet at the end of the episode faith she 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 delivers that line that you have to have faith when there aren't miracles and I think one could interpret that as her choosing to have faith, even in the face of, like, disappointment and death. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I think that there are also people who would argue that faith is not something that you choose to have. So I certainly don't want to um, prescribe to anyone how their faith works, but there are also points at which like in 99 problems, for example, people make choices that Mm. are, that they think are based on um, what God is telling them and those choices are clearly portrayed as wrong. Um, Right. But I feel like, I think
1: 99 problems is actually a really good example of kind of the point that I'm making, which is that one of the big problems in 99 problems,
0: uh, (laughs) (laughs) one of the 99 even, (laughs)
1: is that um, they have been told that they are the chosen or the elect um, and that they need to do these things that have been prescribed to them um, in order to retain that position. Um, And so to me, it feels like a very strong condemnation of the predetermination model Uh, But, like, the pastor who is the only one who has the courage to stand up and say, no, this is wrong. Is a representation of religion. Yeah. He's the pastor. Exactly. Um, And so he's a representation of choice as an element of religion, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that is true. But I think that we are also forgetting the bartender who they end up killing. Right. He's also somebody who is willing to, well, he's not exactly standing up saying this is wrong. He's being, he's saying that I'm not willing to follow these rules, um, which is, which right. is slightly different. I feel like the bartender
1: is an example of someone who is opting out.
0: Yeah, like yeah. opting out, like not being a part of religion or like either like flavor of religion
1: right in some ways he's portrayed as the most moral person in town or at least the least hypocritical Uh,
0: yeah no the lack of hypocrisy is really what sets him apart he explicitly says i'm not a hypocrite Mm -hmm. and when he and sam are talking about it he points out the hypocrisy of all the other townsfolk so i think that he represents a lack of hypocrisy um and the like is he serves as a foil to the rest of mm-hmm. the townsfolk who are basically changing things now that they are like given proof of a material reward right. rather than pe- the with the way they were before bef- when faith was more of an abstract concept for them.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, like the towns, the townspeople are definitely like driven by desperation, um, but that doesn't make their actions acceptable in any way. Yeah. And Um, the show explicitly states that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think like, I'm not trying to make the argument that supernatural is really holding up one of these models or the other. It seems to me that if anything, it's making the point that you can have free will, regardless of that free will and, making choices is important regardless of whether you're religious or not um and so i think it's giving us examples of people who are religious who are exercising their ability to make choices yeah because
0: the whole the whole arc of the last three seasons is about making choices and i mean so much of um so much about the, even the show before that is about making choices. Like Mm -hmm. Dean makes the choice to go to hell for Sam. Bobby makes the choice to um, give up, sell his soul for information. Like there's, there's a lot of examples of that.
1: Yeah. Choice is a really important theme to the show.
0: Yeah. And it's it's interesting because to contrast 99 Problems with Houses of the Holy, Mm -hmm. where you basically have the exact same situation going on where people think that they are getting Instructions directly from God, and mm-hmm. doing things that we would consider outside of the realm of morality. To do that, mm-hmm. um, and it's really interesting because Sam is basically okay with the idea that if God tells you to kill someone, you should kill someone. Mm-hmm. And he uses the the fact that all the people who are killed are um, what we would consider immoral people, who probably some people yeah. would argue probably deserve to die for what they've done. As just like justification for feeling the way he does Mm -hmm. but as soon as it's revealed that it's just a human spirit suddenly the things that are being done aren't okay (laughs) it's a really interesting point to make because it's it's implying that like if these were like things from like instructions from God then or an angel even then Mm -hmm. they would be okay because the like the word of God is infallible But when it becomes human, suddenly those actions become no longer okay, and they decide to exercise um, the ghost that's been giving people good information. Like, the ghost was correct in all cases, which is really interesting because that's not something that we see in the normal canon of supernatural for ghosts. Like, ghosts don't typically have access to information that it would be impossible for them to have um in right. at least not to this extent right like y- Dean yeah. points out that that he pr- that the the spirit probably knows because people confess to him at church but mm-hmm. the thing is is that the last victim or the last um person that mm-hmm. goes told people to tar- that told sam to target specifically was mm-hmm. about to do something evil rather than yeah. having done something evil he's a he's about to uh, sexually assault a woman and he explicitly says i've never done this before mm-hmm. um, so it's possible that what happened is that this man told his priest at this time at this place i am planning to do this action right that seems to be that's a little yeah far-fetched to me yeah I and
1: agree.
0: there's yeah. a strong implication at the end that that god is involved somehow that some sort of divine plan is at play somehow with the way Mm -hmm. that the man dies at the end through like really extraordinary circumstances. Right. And so it's interesting because they've got this like weird implication that maybe that ghost was divinely inspired. And even if it was like he wasn't an angel, I mean he Mm -hmm. felt, he believed he was an angel. It's really only the authority of Sam and Dean and then also the priest who's with them that right. decide that he's not an angel like as far as like we know maybe that's how it works maybe if you're a good person you go to heaven and be an angel right um I mean and I think that there's also some part of um the canon in Supernatural I think implies that saints are like human demons like that if you are a good enough person you can become a saint and that eventually makes you kind of like an angel just the way if you're mm-hmm. a bad enough person you can become a demon And know mm-hmm. i mean i don't think that's explicit i don't remember when that is laid out if it ever is in supernatural canon um but it certainly wouldn't be before this episode right but still like it's sort of a razor line to walk where it's like Okay, this would be okay if it were an angel, but this ghost isn't an angel because we know about ghosts.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think I like don't remember that bit about saints in Supernatural. That doesn't mean it's
0: not there. But yeah, maybe I'm misremembering. I also my my understanding of uh, Supernatural sometimes gets confused with fanfictions I've read. So if I am wrong, please let me know. <laughs> it could also be from like a later season. To
1: me. I feel like, though, in Houses of the Holy, like, yes, Sam definitely feels like if these are, like, if God is ordering the deaths of these people, then it's right and we should do it. I feel like Dean would not agree. Like, like, yes, Dean agrees to go along with, like, okay, we're going to find out. But to me, it really feels like he's trying to appease Sam rather than saying, yes, we're going to like kill yeah. a man because just yeah.
0: because. No, I agree with that. I think that Dean doesn't necessarily agree with the premise that if God tells you you should kill someone, you should. Mm-hmm. I He doesn't really make that argument explicitly. Um, well, but, I mean, I do agree that I think that he's going along with it because he doesn't see a different way of convincing Sam. It's also really interesting that that contrasts really strongly with faith where they explicitly say you can't play God and they feel (sighs) that even though um, like people are being saved of serious medical illnesses by what Mrs. LaGrange is doing it doesn't necessarily justify the fact that she's trading one life for another and they feel like fundamentally that there's something wrong with her taking life from people she doesn't like and giving it to people that she thinks are is worthy.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like in Houses of the Holy, I kind of felt like um, the ghost, like, affected people's minds somehow to, like, make them feel compelled to do this.
0: Yeah, it definitely seemed like it, especially considering that a lot of the people, like, the people that we see the ge- ghost speak to are not necessarily, or people that are explicitly, draw like portrayed as non-religious and not people who would normally be interested if like somebody came knocking to the door being like i'm an angel please do this for me yeah i did actually i did find it
1: really interesting people who were chosen were people who we wouldn't think of as being chosen one of them was a prostitute um one of them was described as the town drunk and like this idea of sex workers, and the poor, and people who are sort of on the bottom of society in terms of how other people perceive them, being closer to God in a lot of ways, um, actually lines up pretty well with Jesus. and like Yeah, with- I was going to say,
0: like, yeah, like Mary Magdalene um, and all of Jesus' followers were generally... Uh, of the lower class of people at the time. So yeah, I think, but it's interesting because the ghost explicitly says like that he redeemed them by doing. Yeah. Which feels like kind of a perversion of that concept that like Yeah.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. But it also, like this idea of people who have done bad things but are genuine and sincere, being able to act in a way that secures their own salvation, like, just seems very consistent with Catholic doctrine to me.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's not, and I also think that it's also humanist in its its approach as well, because it's not so much a matter of, you're always a horrible person, um, that you, you, like, the actions that you do have consequences, and that I think that, for the most part, most people um, would now look at uh, a pro like a sex worker or um, somebody who's struggling with alcoholism and not necessarily, mm-hmm. like, see a bad person. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that that kind of goes into. I mean, this is not something that's explicit in the episode. This is sort of a interpretation one can approach the episode with, mm-hmm. that it has sort of this message of. Well, just because there are these people that, r- like, traditionally would not be considered good people doesn't mean that they're not good people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: While we're on the topic of Houses of the Holy, which I feel like we've just talked about Houses of the Holy and 99
0: problems this whole time. I mean, they're really interesting foils for each other. I mean, I think I think we've done a good job of talking about all the episodes, except for probably, yeah. I believe, The Children of Our Future, which is mostly yeah. just... Because it has an antichrist in it, and like Castiel's one interesting line, like yeah, it's Although um, I, yeah,
1: I do think it's interesting. Um, Houses of the Holy, and I believe the Children are the Future, start in almost exactly the same way. They also
0: are both set in Nebraska. Oh, are they really? How I didn't
1: write down that Houses of the Holy is set in Nebraska, and I, I guess think I think it is. Let
0: me double check. Wow,
1: well that that seals it then. Nebraska. Not on my
0: bucket list and not just because I've already been there. <laughs> I I know I also have the same feeling about Nebraska. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry Nebraska.
1: I feel like Houses of the Holy had some really interesting and odd directorial choices. Like some of the music was really bizarre. I mean, is I that because like, they changed some of the music? Oh, I guess season 2. Yeah. Well, that was a actually a note I wrote. I was like, I was like, is this the original music? Because it's just so weird.
0: Yeah, sorry, it's not, I'm not able to verify whether okay. or not House of the Holy is actually in Nebraska. Maybe there was a different one, sorry.
1: I I believe you that it's in Nebraska. Um, I feel like
0: the first
1: half of the episode has incredibly bad acting from, like, everyone. <laughs> and then it gets better in the second half, but it's just
0: really bad. Yeah, I didn't actively noticed that um really the, the, the episode that stuck out for me that had really bad acting was swan song which is unfortunate because i love a song, a swan song but um <laughs> didn't notice that um explicitly i did think it was interesting that in the opening um it starts off i mean like a person a girl a woman watching tv alone but um which is the same way that uh i believe the children in our future starts off. But Mm -hmm. the thing that I thought was really interesting is in Houses of the Holy, it's a TV evangelist who is like, which is, um, TV evangelism is a very American thing that is interesting touchstone and is an interesting thing, like invoking it Mm -hmm. in the way it does. Definitely feels like they're trying to set up the fact that this isn't an angel, that um there's something phony going on here, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that
1: let's see. I guess we haven't really talked about I believe the children are our future,
0: yeah, I mean, we talked a little about it a little um I would say that it um it was probably the one that when I was rewatching it, I was most delighted by <laughs> yeah. um. I've said this before, but the, but the bit where they're talking to Jesse's mom, Mm -hmm. um, is a really, really good bit of, like, just a really well-done scene. The actress is really good. Um, it's shot really well. It's uh, very compelling and definitely is not something I would want to watch if I were, um, feeling emotionally delicate. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and, uh, and so it's just, um, that was really interesting. But overall, it doesn't have a lot of substance. I feel like it it does, but we've like kind of already covered it because mm-hmm. its substance all has to do with the idea of making choices, which right. we've kind of beat to death. Right, exactly. Like Jesse makes a choice to leave. Yeah, right. it's 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 all about like the ability to make choices. And I think that one of the things that probably is the most interesting is the fact that Jesse uniquely, um, out of anybody in all of this apocalypse mess, mm-hmm. has the ability to make a choice. Like his his ability to make his choice is he has so much more freedom than Castiel or Dean or Sam. Like he is essentially omnipotent. Uh and yeah, and say like we can't force you to do anything. And it's really interesting because this, this is a young child um and it contrasts really strongly with the way that dean sam and castiel all feel like they're sort of trapped by their their circumstances that they Mm -hmm. ultimately rise above but it's um jesse is both trapped and freed by who he is he's not allowed to have basically the one thing he wants which is to stay with his family and be a normal kid but he's more powerful than anything else that we've seen so far. And he doesn't have to play by the script of, oh, he's going to be taken by the demons and used as the antichrist. Right. Um, And so I think that that's a really interesting contrast, especially because he is a child. And definitely it also parallels the feeling that like, because throughout the bit where Sam and Dean are telling him he has to make a decision, Mm -hmm. they're just like, he's such a tiny child that's so young to be making these decisions. But at the same time, because of the power he has, he has to be responsible for it and nobody else can be responsible for him. Mm -hmm. And I think that that also really mirrors, well, the like role that the mortals have in Supernatural because Mm -hmm. compared with like the difference in age between Sam and Dean and Jesse is much smaller than the difference in age between Dean and Sam and Castiel. (laughs) Yes. So in a lot of ways, it's like there are these, it's It's a, a parallel situation where like there are these these immortal beings that are telling more uh mortals, Hey, you guys like have to do this, and Dean and Sam are choosing to step outside the playbook just as Jesse does,
1: yeah, although again we have this this contrast of someone opting out and someone who's dealing with their dissatisfaction by confronting it head-on. And, like, yes, Jesse has the option to opt out, and Dean and Sam don't. Well, um.
0: in a lot of ways, they do, right? Like, ultimately, they opt out. Yeah, that's... Yeah, but,
1: well, I mean, they don't have the... They don't have the option to just, like, disappear to Australia. Right. They can't just leave. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no. Because...
1: Wherever they go, that's where the apocalypse will happen.
0: Well, I mean, like, once they get the Enochian sigils on their ribs, there's an argument to be made that they are just as well-hidden as Jesse is, and they probably could have left. But I think that because of who they are as people, they could not have.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think that's fair. And I think, unlike Jesse, they can't really like cloak themselves in the same way like yes they have the sigils but they can't like prevent
0: someone from recognizing them on the street true so yeah they're a lot less powerful than Jesse is clearly yeah also this is an aside but it's really weird that they have sam and an antichrist (laughs) like um i guess sam is uh, is the vessel for lucifer And so it's sort of like the way they were saying that Dean is Michael's sword, Sam is also kind of like Lucifer's sword, so like the Antichrist is like, plays a different role, but there's like a clear, like, some twisted, like, (laughs) yeah, extrapolations there.
1: And I mean, it, it like kind of has to do with this idea of the Bible gets more wrong than it gets right. We don't have to follow your script. Right. Yeah, it is really weird. That we see that, and we don't really have. I mean, this comes back to the like we never see Jesus thing, but we don't really have a parallel figure, um, on the like heaven side of things. So the cast is really heavily weighted towards like representations of hell and demons and so on. Like, because we have like Sam who's supposed to be lucifer's vessel we have an antichrist um and we have like lilith and all these demons who are working to bring about the apocalypse um and on the heaven side of things like really the only character who's like consistently having an impact on the plot is castiel
0: yeah i mean zachariah well zachariah is more of like a a bit act for an episode and allows them to do things like um it's a terrible life which is one of my favorite episodes yeah but he's not like
1: an agent or a harbinger or a sign of the apocalypse in the same way that like the antichrist
0: is right Mm -hmm. and they've got the seals on lucifer's cage and things like that Mm -hmm. which is interesting because it makes it feel like the that devils and demons have more to do with becoming about of the apocalypse than the angels do but and like in supernatural it does seem as though the angels are trying to avert the apocalypse but we learn later that that is actually not the case that they want it just as badly as the demons do
1: i think so i do think the parallels between jesse and adam um from good omens are super interesting
0: yes uh-huh. um think saying considering they are almost exactly the same character <laughs> yeah. uh the only thing that we just know less about jesse than we do about good omens adam like yeah well and like good omens adam is like very carefully
1: portrayed as like mischievous and like not 100 percent good and not 100 percent bad whereas i feel like jesse is more like he's such a good kid kind of yeah, thing yeah,
0: yeah no he's such a good kid and like he Stays at, and he also mirrors the Winchesters really strongly in the fact that he's making himself dinner, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we used to do that." Like, <laughs> yeah, he's basically the same character as Adam,
1: like all the way down to like the forest field around the town thing. Right. You made a really good point about how the earlier seasons of Supernatural were just a lot more fun. <laughs> a lot of. Yeah. The time.
0: <laughs> I mean, there are some really fun individual episodes, but um, in later seasons, but they definitely get much more serious. And this one is like really, really goofy. Although, I mean, yeah. this is season five, episode six, so like it's pretty far down the like the line. Um, yeah. One of the big jokes of this entire episode is that Dean keeps eating the ham that he cooked <laughs> with the hand buzzer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's like it's such a stupid little joke <laughs> like <laughs> like I feel like
1: in later seasons they tended to segregate them out more into like okay this is a serious episode and this is yeah. a funny episode
0: right where this, like, this one varies really wildly between humor and like really serious like it has one of the more serious conversations I've seen of in Supernatural about demon possession and the effects mm-hmm. that that can have on somebody And then also has jokes about, like, masturbation and that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. And, like, fart jokes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's a really weird contrast. Yeah. But I think it works really well. Like, I think they're able to sort
1: of tie it all thematically together around the character of Jesse, And, Mm -hmm. like, it's part of the reason why I, like, enjoyed Supernatural to start with is because it was and is a show that does have like these serious episodes and it also isn't afraid to slip in a few jokes right um
0: yeah and i think that this does a really good job of balancing them too there whereas like there are other episodes that are more hit or miss um i do agree (laughs) that it supernatural in later seasons especially like seasons eight and so on um really divided themselves in between like goof episodes and then series episodes.
1: Yeah I agree I agree and I mean I think like that might work better for some people and like more power to them but I definitely prefer episodes like this one where I can like have my cake and
0: eat it too. It's interesting because like Supernatural draws so heavily on Judeo-Christian imagery and plot lines and characters without being a christian show it's not a show that's like oh god is great like we should all be christian um (laughs) they they borrow from a lot of different stuff it's not just the judeo-christian stuff um certainly in seasons three through five that's what they draw on the most but they also they're pretty equal opportunity um exploiters as far as like other source materials go so they like they have pagan gods and they have um in hammer of the gods they have a whole cast of characters from a bunch of different religions and they draw pretty like broadly um but they certainly have do favor the judeo-christian tradition and specifically the judeo-christian tradition in the u.s despite taking all like a lot of the trappings they reject a lot of the things that i think that a lot of modern Americans also find somewhat distasteful about really fundamentalist Christianity Mm -hmm. um, as from everything from the hypocrisy of TV evangelists who make lots of money off of their believers to all the way on to just the disbelief in the idea that um, one can truly know enough from religion in order to make extreme actions like killing someone or even casting somebody out of a society. And so I think that it is something that um, without really explicitly trying to, I think more it wants to say something about the human experience and say something about the power of having familial love and how that can overcome basically anything. There is a secondary Mm -hmm. message here that is very humanist, that is, uh, rejects a very fundamentalist, Uh, religious worldview and embraces Mm -hmm. um, a humanist one that believes in like the ability of like the goodness of human beings.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And I feel like though, to me, supernatural is almost like disengaged from the question of like humanism and other like atheistic philosophies versus religion. And it It seems more engaged with the idea of, I mean, we've beaten this (laughs) absolutely to death, but of of free will and of making Mm. choices and of humanity's ability to both rise to the occasion and fall pretty dramatically. I think the line in Good Omens is where, I think it's where the falling angel meets the rising ape. Um, And I think that comes through really clearly in Supernatural as well. Yeah. That idea that humanity is capable of being even better than beings who can't make choices and even worse than beings who can't make choices. Mm -hmm. Even more human (laughs) than either of them. Um, I think something that I think also really stands out to me when we talk about Christianity in connection with Supernatural in particular, is, um, to be a little flippant, uh, in a lot of ways, Supernatural is, like, fundamentally a show with daddy issues.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I think that that's explicitly cast as the frame, like, like, I said this before, but Supernatural wants to take basically every not every human relationship, but so many, like, fundamental human relationships, and look at them through the guise of family. So, like, when Castiel is searching for God, they always refer to him, like, yeah, they explicitly say that he's searching for God some of the time, but most of the time, they they say that he's looking for his father. Right. They use that word, like, explicitly, and they frame the search for God as a search for a deadbeat dad, basically.
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I feel like supernatural
1: um, is really wrestling with concepts about fathers. And I know I I've like said patriarchal authority like fifty mm-hmm. times in this episode. That's okay, but I feel like it's a really vital part of what supernatural is wrestling with in terms of religion. Um, is this concept of having God or god who is a father and or your father who you are both um whose authority you are rejecting but sometimes operating in accordance with without even realizing it mm-hmm. um, and so i think those parallels between god and john winchester
0: are really <laughs> yeah no they're they're fr- pretty hilarious especially because john winchester is the righteous man as well as being a canonically horrible father um and that's also something that like you sort of see dean come to terms with a little bit more when he's a little like after john's been dead a little bit he like clearly doesn't look back on john with as much fondness as he once did and sam sort of does the opposite thing where it's always butting heads with john when he's alive and then once he dies sort of becomes a lot more um forgiving of him so It's interesting to see that, that change in the characters. So I feel like a big part of
1: Supernatural's struggle with religion has to do with its struggle with family and fatherhood. Yeah. Which are, like, as we've said before, the big themes of Supernatural is family.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which anybody who's seen more than a half of an episode of it would would definitely, like... I think they'd be able to point to that as a theme. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's not. We're not doing revolutionary work here. <laughs> <I> <laughs> when mean, we say that Supernatural is mostly about family. <laughs> Listen.
1: We've said it before, we'll say it again. Supernatural is not subtle. <laughs> <laughs> this is
0: true. <laughs> it's not here for subtlety. <laughs> no. Although you can make a lot of really interesting interpretations out of it, um, which I think that if Kripke ever listens to this, which he never will, he'd probably be pretty amused with some of the like conclusions that we draw from some of the episodes. <laughs> yes.
1: Anyways, Kripke, if you do ever listen to this episode, we're of the
0: opinion that you should write a check <laughs> to Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett's estates and uh, give them a little bit of uh, royalties for... <laughs> For for some clear um, inspiration, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Call it. <Yeah. laughs> you know,
1: we're not we're not opposed to drawing inspiration from authors. That's like what fan fiction is. But um, credit where credit is due. Yeah. Make money from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, anyway, I think I think that's everything.
1: Uh, if anyone wants to send us in questions or um be a part of one of our episodes please feel free to tag us on tumblr or twitter or send us an email our next few episodes our next set of episodes are going to deal with sexuality in supernatural and we're pretty
0: excited yeah we uh i think we're gonna have three separate episodes on different aspects of sexuality and supernatural because it's just such a big topic and it's going to be uh it's going to be a lot of fun uh hopefully (laughs) and so we would love to get your questions um or your if you have an opinion about sexuality and supernatural or you want us to talk about something specific um, please let us know, because we're still in the, like, developmental stages for these episodes, and uh, we'd love to hear from you guys, especially since we've been on break for so long. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to get our shit together and <laughs> and uh, make sure that we go back to a regular release schedule. I also want to apologize if <laughs> I'm recording
1: this uh, in my parents' living room, <laughs> You may hear um, my dad's YouTube videos in the background, so I apologize.
0: Dreams of the Past podcast is written, researched, and produced by Ray and Mish. You can reach them on Twitter at dreamspastpod, Tumblr at dreams of the past podcast. and email at dreams of the past podcast at gmail.com. Dreams of the past podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Please rate and review us. Thanks to Benjamin Geyer and Lynn Music for our theme song Lonesome Ranger. Awesome.
1: Yeah, this is not relevant to this episode at all, but the guy who plays daniel jackson in stargate is the um, is rob the dad and it was so
0: oh (sighs) yeah that would be confusing wouldn't it (laughs) daniel jackson what are you doing here (laughs) uh that happens a lot in like british tv shows like um because Britain just has a much smaller population than the U.S., and so you see the same (laughs) actors again and again. Um, But every so often it happens in an American TV show, and it's just so amusing. (laughs) Especially it happens in Supernatural. Like, Leslie Odom Jr. was in an episode of Supernatural.
1: Oh, yeah, we talked about this once, didn't we? He's in –
0: I don't remember which one. He was in season seven, It's Time for a Wedding. Oh, okay. but the, like, the fact that the prim- one of the main stars of Hamilton <laughs> is in a Supernatural episode is just mind-boggling. So, like, yeah. Was- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I <laughs> yes.